Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Read More Podcast, the show that brings readers and writers together. I'm Marva Hinton. Today I'm meeting virtually with Peace Ajo Media from her home in the UK. Her first novel, the critically acclaimed His Only Wife, came out in paperback this summer. Peace, I was just hooked from the very first line with this book. I actually finished it in two days. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much for coming on Read More to talk about your work. Thank you for having me, Mama. I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. His Only Wife is set in Ghana and tells the story of Afi and Ellie, a couple who are part of an arranged marriage. Ellie comes from a powerful, wealthy family, and his mother disapproves of Muna, the woman he's dating and who he has a child with, so much so that she arranges for her son to marry Afi, a young woman from a more modest background, to force Ellie and Muna to break up. But while Ellie agrees to the marriage, he struggles with letting Muna go. The action in this book primarily takes place in the capital city of Accra and in a small town called Ho. As I mentioned at the beginning, I was just captivated from this story from the start. And the first line really drew me in. Ellie Kim married me in absentia. He did not come to our wedding. And so after reading that, immediately I'm wondering, where do they do that? And thinking this is a pretty ominous start to a marriage. How did this story and these characters first come to you? Yeah, I mean, thanks for, thanks for the question. Uh, my stories never come from one place. It's I feel almost like I just go about my life and I'm piecing together stories and characters over many, many years. And always, and now I'm, I'm saying always because maybe, well, it's happened a few times. I don't know if it'll always be this way, but it always starts as a very different story. And I'm not even sure how the process, how I end up changing everything. So this story started off as, it was a story about a young woman, a young Ghanaian woman coming back from the U.S. to Ghana, and she was getting married. And somehow we end up with Afi, who is very much not a woman who has this completed university, and she's coming back to Ghana to get married. Uh, but I think the story just comes from things that interest me, conversations I've had over the years about women's place in society, about expectations, about obligations. But also it comes from my own research. So I do work on, most, most, most of my work is on issues of gender and women. And, in, and I can talk more about my research um, later if, if you're interested. <laughs> um, but part of my work has been just talking to women who have survived violence. And something that came up in these conversations over and over was how obligation towards family, the demands for family caused people to stay in relationships in which they were not happy and even caused some people to enter relationships. So you have this combination of things, um, you know, conversations I've had over the years, my own research, my general frustration. And I should say my, a lot of my fiction comes, even my research comes from a place of frustration where I see things in society I'm not excited about. And one way 
in which I vent is through my writing. So all of these things come together and we end up with this story of Afi getting married to a man who is not there. Well, Peace, that was actually going to be my next question to you because I know that you are a professor. Um, you work as a senior lecturer in gender and international politics at the University of Bristol in England. And you're also a research fellow at the University of Ghana. And I was going to ask you how your roles as a professor who explores uh, gender dynamics, how that shaded your fiction, how mm -hmm. the two relate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing more and more that in almost not always planned, but the things that I research tend to be the things that I also write about in fiction. So fiction has become like another way in which I disseminate my research findings. I, that's very, very UK higher education academic talk. But I've, it, it's, it's just become a way, and in, not only the book, but even my short stories. It, it's just turned into ways in which I'm able to share my research findings. Uh, because these things that interest me are not only of interest to an academic audience or do not only affect an academic audience, uh, the broader public is interested in these conversations. And so a lot of my research is going or has gone into my short stories, into the novel. And yeah, and I know I, I like it. I, I, I like it for that reason, because fiction has just become a way in which I reach a much, much broader audience because the fact is that most people are not going to read a peer-reviewed journal article. In fact, most of the journal articles we write are behind paywalls so that the general public is not even able to access them, even though people should be able to access them. Uh, so most people cannot even read, the re cannot even access the research that I'm doing to read. But, you know, people can access my short stories free online. Uh, people can read his only wife on Kindle, they can borrow it from the library. And yeah, so that's how my, my research has become connected to, to the fiction that I write. In your novel, there seems to be this just constant sort of push and pull between the ways of the past and how some characters are pushing against those to live in a different way. So we see that through some of Ellie's actions for, you know, in some ways he seems very progressive he supports Afi going to school and opening up a business. But when she makes a decision about her life that he disagrees with, he's just incensed and he says he will not have it. What do you like about exploring these ideas about this whole, I, I want to be you know progressive and, and be modern, but also I, I still have some of these old ideas about the roles for men and women. Mm. Yeah, so I'm really interested in, I mean, I'm interested in that, but on, on another level, I'm just interested in human complexity. And I like writing about characters, although I know that readers don't always like this, because some, I, I, in some of the conversations I have, I find that people just want to love the character and to like everything about the character, or to just hate everything about the character. But the fact is that most people are not just, you know, one dimensional. There's so much more to people. There are things that you love about them. There are things you don't really like about them. And I love to explore that complexity. And I think it pushes me as a writer to, um, 
dig deeper when I write, right? Because I, I'm, I'm building characters that reflect the real world. And, and, and in doing that, I'm not just able to rely on kind of easy tropes, for example, that, that I can use to um, present characters. And so I like, I, I, I like this complexity. I, and when I was writing Ellie, I wanted Ellie to be a character that it would, not, it would not be so easy to dislike. I didn't want him to be a man that, you know, as soon as you read about him, you're like, oh man, I feel you just leave this guy. He's the worst. So I wanted there to be that complexity. I wanted the reader to feel a bit torn. Um, because isn't that what life is, though, that sometimes we are torn Things are not always clear cut and we have to struggle with ourselves to kind of figure out what the best choice is. And that is what I like to provoke in through through, um, through my writings. So and, and but then there's also the issue of very progressive versus um, not not so progressive. And I like to point out that even the things some of the things that we consider to be more than in, in themselves can be harmful. So I try not to have this like modern and progressive good and traditional is bad it's 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 never that um i, I don't think it's ever that that um clear cut those divisions are not as um simple as we would like them to be but yes i and i i think you see this in so many places even now with like you think about us politics and you know how how one would think of the U.S. as a very modern, in, 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 the, in the ways that we use the word modern, a very modern state. But then you have people with very, very not so modern ideas about women's rights and women's place in society and what women are allowed to do to their bodies, right? And and so those, I, I, I really like that. I love uh, exploring these things in my writing. And Ellie was kind of a perfect vessel for me to do that in the book. Throughout this novel, we get to see Afi kind of find her voice as a young woman. You know, at first, she's just eager to please everyone. Uh, she wants to, you know, all her elders, her mom, who is a widow, who really supports this marriage as a way for her to have some security. Her mother-in-law, a woman everyone calls auntie, who was sort of the mastermind behind this marriage, and even her greedy uncle who always has his hand out for something. She she just wants to make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. uh, we also see where she has been just brought into this difficult situation where she's been told that it's up to her to drive her husband away from this other woman. There's a sense that if she will only be the perfect wife, she'll be able to have him all to herself. And as the novel goes on, we get to see her fight back against some of this. Uh, would you say that His Only Wife is a feminist novel? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a feminist novel, even though I don't think a few ever identify as a feminist. And, and I, I did that intentionally, right? The word feminism doesn't come up because... I thought most people in facing different forms of oppression, discrimination, inequalities, people are not necessarily using academic terms to frame what is happening to them. Like they know that they don't like, they don't like what they're going through. They know that it's not fair, but people are not out there 
let me not say most people or maybe not most many people are not out there you know kind of discussing and analyzing their life through feminist a feminist lens or feminist lenses and using theories and concepts and so i wanted to write a book then that dealt with these very heavy feminine feminist themes but in very subtle ways and i i wanted and I take a step back and say, as I kind of write the, the books I like to read, and as a reader, I don't like to read books in which I know that the author has an agenda. Even though I think every author has an agenda, <laughs> every author has a message that they're trying to convey in their writing. I just don't want it to be obvious. And so for me, I thought I want to write this feminist book, but and I want to deal with very heavy themes, themes like... Um, you know, the, the, the do male dominance in society, in marriage, uh, freedom, freedom to choose, the responsibilities and demands that families place on us. I wanted to write about all of these things, but I didn't want to sound like it was a textbook that I was writing, right? So it's it's very much a feminist book. I feel like Afi is a feminist, even though she never identifies as such in the book, but she's a feminist. You tell the story through Afi's point of view. So we only see Muna, the other woman, in um, through what Afi is told about her. And we don't get to know what Ellie is really thinking about everything. Why was it important to you that you filter this story through Afi's eyes? Mm. Yeah, so I, I wanted the reader to walk in Afi's shoes. I wanted the reader to feel Afi's frustration. And a big part of her frustration comes from not knowing things. Throughout information, her, her in-laws are withholding information from her, right? And we see that throughout the book. I mean, from the very beginning, one could say she was even brought into the marriage under false pretenses because she's never told the entire story. She's told that, look, this woman is, hardly even a part of his life at this point, right? There's nothing happening. So, you know, it's, it's the way it's clear for you. But then we find out that that really isn't the case. And so a great part of uh, Afi's frustration comes from not knowing. And I also wanted a reader not to know, to be in the dark as Afi was throughout the book and just trying to, piece together clues to make sense of what was happening. And so that was, I think that was the main reason why we get to see the world through Afi's eyes. The class differences in this novel between Ellie and Afi also just plays a big role in the story. His family is so wealthy and at times her family has depended on his for support. So that's partly why Afi is supposed to be so grateful for this opportunity. And we see him move her into a fabulous apartment in Accra and he provides her with everything she needs, you know, lots of money, but not a lot of his time, especially at the beginning. Why did you want to explore these dynamics and for some readers introduce them to sort of the high life in Ghana? Hmm. Yeah, because these divides are 
everywhere in Ghana. And it's, it's, I think even in some places in the world, it's possible to not recognize to go through your life or to go through most of your day and not encounter the inequalities. Uh, depending on where you live, you can, um, you know, you, you live in certain parts of the city and you never have to drive through areas that make you uncomfortable in any way. And you don't have to encounter people who are outside of your social class. It's possible to live in certain places and live in a bubble. You cannot do that in, in Accra. You cannot do that in Ghana. You drive through the nicest, the poshest neighborhoods of Accra, and then you find children begging beside luxury vehicles. They are standing beside $100,000 cars and they are begging, right? So the, the inequalities are constantly in your face and it's, it's, it's impossible to escape it. And, I, and I, I really wanted to explore this in the book and, and, and to look at how these, you know, poverty, um, or at least being close to poverty, almost steals the options or limits the options that are available to people, right? Because if I if I fee had come from a well-off family in Ghana, this entire conversation would not even be happening, right? Her mother would not even have considered this arrangement because there would be no need for such an arrangement. So I, I really wanted to get at how you know, being in a certain socioeconomic position really limits the opportunities for women and then forces people into the kind of uh, position in which you, you, you find Afi. Well, despite the challenges that um, Afi faces being married to Ellie, we also see them enjoy some good times together. Mm -hmm. Weeks and weeks after they're married, uh, he finally comes to live with her in their apartment and they get to know each other and things really heat up between them. Uh, was exploring the romantic part of their relationship and their sex life sort of a fun part for you to write or was that more challenging? Oh, it was so much fun to write. I am a massive romance fan. You know, I don't have time to read as much these days because I basically at this point have like three full-time jobs. Um, <laughs> But back in the day when I used to just read, spend entire days reading, most of it was romance. And so even though this is not a romance novel, I couldn't resist, you know, putting in a bit of romance because I absolutely enjoyed it. And I wanted to write about sex. I was very intentional in writing about sex. I wanted to write about female pleasure. And I mean, I'm sure you noticed that Afi is uncomfortable with her sexuality and with the fact that she has desires. And I, I really wanted to kind of explore that in the book. And so, you know, they, 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 they have sex and all of a sudden she's like, oh my goodness, did I enjoy it too much? And was he aware that I was enjoying it too much? And so I really wanted to explore uh, female desire and sexuality and kind of to make a point about how women she owned this and it's you no know, it's nothing to be embarrassed about even though in some societies the message that is is that uh, women should be embarrassed about these things well switching gears now i'd like to just ask you a couple of questions about what you like to read uh, do you have what i like to call go-to 
novels or just books you find yourself reading over and over again? Mm. Yes. Uh, I think a book that I read multiple times is Nervous Conditions by the Zimbabwean author Titi Dangarengwa. And I absolutely love that book, the main character, Tambu, who is a young woman and fiercely ambitious and, and is being in many ways held back. And it's, I think she's a character in some way reminds me of Afi, although in, in difficult, different circumstances. But I very much love that book. I read it over and over. It's, it's not always that I read a book and the character stays with me. Um, and I, I mean, all of people who, who can remember everything about every book they've ever read. I'm not one of those people, but, uh, Nervous Conditions is one of the books that um, has stayed, has stayed with me. And there is a sequel to, uh, there's a follow-up book, but, and this, this just tells you how invested I get in characters when I fall in love with them. I read I read reviews that that said that the main character Tambu went on to have kind of a difficult life, and I just was like I I will not accept that. So I'm just not going to read a second book and pretend like <laughs> I just will not accept reality. The book is on my shelf, and I'm like I will not because I don't want to read about her having a difficult life. So yes, Nervous Conditions is one of those books that I um. I return to, and A Hundred Years of Solitude, which I read as a teenager and thought, what kind of witchcraft is this, right? How can a book make me feel like this? Like, how can a book provoke these physical, <laughs> this kind of physical reaction? I remember reading a book and thinking, I need a seatbelt because I am going to float away. And as, as a kid and as a teenager, I read everything. So I just read so much. So it was the fact that this one book stayed and stuck with me and made me feel this way. It's, 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 um, I think it's, it's a big deal. So yes, um, Nervous Conditions, 100 Years of Solitude, two of some of my favorite, book, favorite books that I, I tend to reread. Well, on the flip side of that, do you have any books that you just couldn't finish or you just didn't like as much as the critics like? So maybe it's very popular with critics or maybe very popular with other readers, but for you, it just didn't resonate. Mm -hmm. I think tons of book, as books, especially when I was younger, uh, when and I think I'll admit this, when I was young, I did not appreciate the classics, uh, books like War and Peace. Or I really did not appreciate those books, even though it was like, well, you should be reading these books. I, I didn't know. And maybe I wasn't in the place where I should have been reading them at that time. And I've returned to some of them later as an adult and have, have enjoyed them. But yeah, there are a ton of uh, those classics, even, even books by African authors like and I read them and I said, oh, and I thought, oh my gosh, this book is incredible. How did I not like it when I was 13? <laughs> so, yeah. So if somebody is listening to the show and they're unfamiliar with contemporary Ghanaian writers, 
who would you suggest they check out? Are there any particular novels you think would be good to start with? Yes. Uh, I mean, there uh, there's just so many brilliant writers in, in Ghana now. Um, some of my favorites, uh, some I've read and really enjoyed, Aisha Arona Atta's work, um, The Hundred... The Hundred Worlds of Salaga. Uh, there's the Stace Elassie, there's Nana Ophoriata in Nim. And but and there, there are also the classics. I, I very much enjoy um Amaata Edu's work. So there, yeah, there's 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 so much, there's so much going on on the the Ghanaian literary scene now. Um and a lot of new works that are coming out and I am keen to explore more of them. Well, what are you working on right now? Are you already starting on another novel? Are you uh, for short stories? What, what, what can we look forward to from you? I'm, I'm working on my second novel and yeah, it's, it's work. It's, (laughs) I, and I think I, I have the a bad habit of not remembering the hard times and only remembering the good. So it's like I forgot how hard it is to write a book. And I mean, not, 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 not necessarily the content, but just finding the time because I have a full-time job, a day job uh, that is all-consuming. And so just stealing time to write is extremely difficult. But I'm, I'm working on my second novel, um, it is about friendship. And I, I realize I'm really bad at describing my work. So it's it's about friendship between young women. <laughs> That's what I have for now. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can't wait to read it. I enjoyed His Only Wife so much. I can't wait to read everything else you come out with. Where can readers find you online? I am on... I have I have a website. I, I try to keep it updated, and it has my short stories that you can access. Some well, you can access at least some of them for free through my website. Uh, I'm on Twitter. However, I'm a serial retweeter, <laughs> but every once in a while I will tweet something. I'm on Instagram, which I like because I just I like images. I like seeing the images. So I'm also on Instagram and every once in a while I post about my writing process. Peace, Ajo Media. Thanks so much for coming on to talk about your work. You can find out how to win a free copy of His Only Wife on our website, readmorepodcast.com. And if you like the show, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also support Peace and the show through buying the book on our site. Please follow us on Twitter at Read More Podcasts and like us on Facebook. Join us again next time for another edition of the show that brings readers and writers together. Until then, I'm Marva Hinton, reminding you to read more.